we talk about it in meetings, but I mean, like you think of how many different industries manufacture and retail the products, you know, it's everything's happening in the kitchen. We're creating food and then we're selling it. Right. And it's a very, very difficult thing to do and to manage. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Burnt Chef Journal, a hospitality-specific podcast dedicated to challenging mental health stigma and conversations designed to inspire a new, healthier, happier, and more sustainable hospitality profession. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Burnt Chef Journal. I'm Jim Taylor. Again, as always, honored to be here hosting the conversation. And today we've got Chris Williams from Walk On Sports Bistro. And hopefully I don't mess up the title, but you are the Director of Training and Brand Culture. The Burnt Chef Project is proudly sponsored by Lamb Weston, a leading provider of innovative, high-quality potato products created for chefs to help operators thrive both today and tomorrow. Working carefully with sustainably-minded farmers and growers, Lamb Weston provides potato solutions for every type of kitchen, from premium British chips and fries to potato shapes, wedges, and mash. To find out more, head to lambweston.eu or search your partner in potatoes. Welcome. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff today from what's going on with culture in terms of the hospitality industry in general. We're going to talk about something that I think that you just nailed on the head and the concept of culture outpacing growth. And we're going to talk a little bit about just investing and staying connected with people. So looking forward to the conversation and let's get into it. All right. Started off as a college job, you know, kind of worked my way around it, just fell in love with camaraderie and everything else that comes with working in a restaurant and aspirations to be a baseball coach when I was a kid. And I think I kind of found my ability to be able to coach and lead teams in restaurants. And that's kind of where I fell in love with it, became a manager and really been doing it ever since. But yeah, I've, I've been in the industry for oof, over 20 years now. And, you know, that led me through a couple different restaurants to begin with and, you know, landed here at Walk-Ons five years ago. I was, you know, knew some people who had been with Walk-Ons. We started out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. A great friend of mine had left my previous employer and come to Walk-Ons as well. And one day we just met up and he had a, an opportunity for me and I jumped on originally as a general manager of one of our walk-ons restaurants. And after a few years in the saddle there, started to work in the training side of things. Eventually, we started to really focus a lot of attention and energy on our culture, which had always kind of existed since the very beginning. We've been around for 19 years now, just had our 19th birthday. But it was just, it was just about honing in and being able to really draw out the specifics of what it means to be a walk on, all those cultural elements and, and write it down so that as we continue to grow, we make sure that our culture and who we are outpaces our growth. Because if we lose that, we lose who we are and we just become any other restaurant. And that's. That's really not in the cards for us. I mean, we lean on our culture. It's the first most important thing that we do. And, you know, all the way from our founder, Brandon Landry, like that's who we are is much more important than where we have to really start with everything that we do. 
you made a comment there that I'm just making a note on here because that kind of caught me and I think is not common in our industry in general. And so, you know, maybe just share your personal thought on this. I, again, I don't want to press on the corporate side of things unless you, you know, you want to talk about some things that you guys have done, but you made a comment about culture outpacing growth. Yes. You know, that one really strikes me because I think in most of the scenarios that I've worked in, in operations, it was just, here's our culture. And it sort of was fixed or it, it just remained the way it was. Can you elaborate on that culture outpace growth? Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at strategy to culture, it's interesting because I think we have just a lot of people in our industry or really in business in general that like to set up checklist mentality and things like culture. And they'll, they'll hang their purpose or vision or mission posters up on the wall and, you know, in places that are highly trafficked in the restaurant and just assume that it's just going to be absorbed. Or maybe at some point they talk about it during orientation. Our perspective on this is that everything starts with culture. So we don't dive into anything, menu ideation, building new restaurants, anything without first and foremost going through the process of seeing how it connects to who we are. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about culture outpacing growth, our restaurant is growing at a very rapid pace. You're absolutely right. We are primarily in the Southeast of the United States right now, but we're rapidly growing westward and up into the Northern States. And, you know, at this point, we're looking at probably about 150 or so restaurants on the books with 68 open currently. So it's, we've got to be very much focused on making sure that who we are does not get lost in that rapid growth. It's the piece that we find, you know, most concerning. And that's why we focus so much attention on it and why we start everything with that piece is because we know if we lose who we are, I mean, we're just going to end up like one of those other restaurants, insert your name here, generic bar mm -hmm. and grill or sports bar restaurant that exists out there. Walk on Sports Bistro has got to be unique because, I mean, you look at it, most restaurants, and I, I say this to groups when I talk to them, like most restaurants do about 80% of what they do just about the same as anybody else. Like I knew how to run a restaurant coming into walk-ons. I needed to figure out what that 20% was all about to make us different, to make us stand out to our, you know, first and foremost, the people that come to work with us. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and we instill that heart and mind so strong to where they impact the people that come in and dine with us. And that's where the culture lives. The culture doesn't live on the wall. The culture doesn't live in grandiose speeches or things like that. I mean, we have those things to try to energize situations, but it lives in the daily application from our leaders in the restaurant, our teammates in the restaurant. And eventually, you know, our goal is to become a lifestyle. And that's when the guests and greater society really becomes part of who you are as well. And people start to connect with walk-ons at a more meaningful level than burgers and fries and beer. Mm -hmm. You know, those things mean a lot. But we want people to connect with who we are and become part of that, that underdog spirit that mentality that we kind of started from. So, I mean, like walk-ons, we became, we, we, our name walk-ons was from our founder who was a walk-on at LSU basketball. 
who, you know, showed a lot of grit and hustle and determination every single day on the basketball court, knowing that he was never going to get to play, mm-hmm. you know, taking that mentality, that sports mindset, those teammate aspects, that camaraderie, and easily transition and translate that into the restaurant world. Like that's what sets us apart. That's what makes it a special place to work at and a special place to dine at. And didn't the founder, I mean, this is a little off topic, but didn't he play with Shaq? Oh man, I don't <laughs> know. Something like that. You're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> because I don't know if he played with Shaq. I, I think they may have been a year off. I will tell you the Shaq does meet up with us and hang out with us when we go to conferences and stuff. And he makes us all look very, very small. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's yeah. a big dude. But I, I don't know if they played together or not. I don't know if that yeah. timeline lines up or not. Uh, okay. Well, hopefully I just didn't age him by asking that, right? But <laughs> So maybe Especially. for a second we can talk about just culture in hospitality in general. I made a comment to someone the other day. We got into some really good debate about this, that there isn't a labor shortage in restaurants. There's a culture shortage in restaurants in our industry, which is part of why people are leaving to go do other things or having a hard time or there's mental health and mental wellness challenges are, are front and center, I think, in our industry right now, right? So can you just kind of tell us what's your take on the culture in the industry right now? So... Culture in the industry, I honestly think it's really just been highlighted and became explosive over the past couple of years just because of the external pressures that we have felt. Mm-hmm. Working in the restaurant industry has always been very difficult. That's you know, you, you mentioned mental health and, you know, things like that. Like it, it's a trying industry to work in regardless of your position. You know, relentless hours, relentless urgency that happens throughout the day, a multitude of things going on. Like we talk about it in meetings, but I mean, like you think of how many different industries manufacture and retail the products, you know, it's everything's happening in the kitchen. We're creating food and then we're selling it. Right. And it's a very, very difficult thing to do and to manage. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about culture shortage in the restaurant and not a people shortage or how did you put it? A retention shortage. Yeah. One leads to the other, right? So if you can't create an environment where people are truly enjoying what they're doing and they feel cared for and they feel known on a personal level, if you can't do those things, and those are fundamental to the things that we teach and we focus on, like get to know your team on an individual level. Mm -hmm. Don't have a, a weird unprofessional relationship with them, but like get to know the person, you know, because if you don't do that and people just get treated as employee ID numbers, then of course they're not going to stay. There is good money to be made in the industry, of course, by, you know, teammates and managers alike, but that only goes so far. I mean, people can make money doing all sorts of different things, especially today with labor shortages that do exist. And that goes beyond restaurant industries and the Mm -hmm. options are out there for Mm -hmm. people to find jobs doing other things. If you don't focus and hone your energy in on making sure that you're creating an amazing work environment and experience for the people that you're sharing that battle with every single day, then of course you're going to lose them. You know, we look at examples all the time where people are nickel and diming, you know, offering 50 extra cents to come across Mm -hmm. the street and work at the restaurant across the street. And, you know, we have some restaurants that struggle at times with shortages, but the restaurants that truly key in and making a great work environment, they don't have those problems. 
somebody's not going to forfeit 50 cents or yeah, 50 cents extra to go to work at a restaurant that they know that they're not going to be cared for personally. You know, people aren't going to be flexible with their schedules or it truly take time to get to know them. Like if you don't do those things, then you're setting yourself up to have a major problem with staffing. Yeah. That's where we key in. If you're enjoying this week's episode, consider heading over to our website and supporting our ongoing work in destigmatizing mental illness and creating a healthier, happier, and more sustainable industry by purchasing some of our branded merchandise. We have a whole range of t-shirts, hoodies, chef's jackets, well-being journals, plus a whole host more available on Worldwide Dispatch. All funds raised from sales of these items go towards free-to-access e-learning content, as well as providing free support systems and help for those who may be experiencing difficulty with their mental health. So maybe just, again, your sort of your take on this, but another conversation I was having with somebody the other day was based mm-hmm. on the comment that was actually made was that this person said, I don't blame restaurant operators for losing sight of people over the last few years, right? I mean, they were... It's obviously a challenge and it's something that's going on, but the comment was, I don't blame them because they were shut down. Then they were open again. Then they were shut down again. Then they was spent a bunch of money on plexiglass and then sanitizer everywhere and gloves and, you know, all this wear a mask and then put it all in storage and then pull it all back out again. And, you know, all this different crazy stuff. And somewhere along the line, some of those people possibly lost sight of the people side of things. And, you know, we were talking about the fact that there were all these major costs associated with the pandemic. I mean, starting with close your restaurant and lose 100% of your revenue and then figure out how to do takeout and all this different stuff. But the next big cost that's going to be front and center in front of everybody in our industry is people. More so than it ever has been before. You know, putting an actual number on what does it cost to hire someone? What does it cost to retain somebody? What is the cost of turnover? What is the cost of culture? So I don't know. What's your take on that? Do you think that the industry has changed in not specifically your company, but in general, in terms of how they view people? You know, we're all given the same amount of time on a daily basis, right? That's Mm -hmm. It should be and is the great equalizer across the board. It's a matter of intentionality and focus. And I believe that, and I know that if you focus your attention on the people that, you know, people, of course, but you focus your attention on that primary need and that primary resource, if you look at it from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. to whatever business you have, if you're not focusing your attention there first, then you're going to lose sight of it. Because yes, all of those things are very time consuming. We went through, we rewrote all of our policies mm-hmm. to include COVID procedures and we got certified in, in all of those areas. And there were a lot of people working on that, but our primary focus in the first conversations that we had when we were faced with, you know, the possibility of closures and having to go to curbside and take out only our first consideration was for the people. And, you know, I speak for myself, but I also speak for the brand because, you know, we're in lockstep when it comes to this mentality that Mm -hmm. one of our initial steps was to make sure that everybody that worked for walk-ons could come and get a hot meal regardless of whether or not we had to furlough them during that time period. And that was the first decision that I heard made 
Now, whether or not it was an actual first decision made, I'm not certain, but I do know it was very early on because I was in that room with the decision makers when we were faced with this potential foreclosure and their first consideration was for the people. And I think that if you don't have that mentality and your first consideration is for, well, how am I going to save the most amount of money as we go into a point where revenue is being reduced, you know, in a great way, then you're making short-sighted decisions. And if you don't have that mindset that spans beyond your here and now, be able to make decisions here and now that do make sense for you, of course. But if you can't see past that and understand what's going to help you thrive through this process and not just survive, then you're not going to make the decisions that are going to help you get beyond where you're at. So mm. we ended up giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of free food, not only to walk-ons teammates, but also to people that were furloughed regardless of industry by opening up our kitchens and feeding people red beans and rice or burgers or whatever we could mass produce and just filling cars filled food, knowing that our revenue was cut down to simply takeout. We stopped taking royalties from our franchise partners, which is a major source of our revenue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it didn't make sense short term, right? Any accountant or somebody is going to come in and go, well, that's <laughs> not the right oh, call right now. Yeah. Right. But you know what? At the end of the day, we weren't looking for the ROI in the end. We were just doing what was right, what was in our hearts, what re- is reflective of being a walk on. And today, I mean, you know, people see what we did and our guests saw what we did through that process. Our team saw what we did. So we're not seeing as much of those labor shortage problems as many are, you know, it still exists to a certain extent, but like Mm -hmm. you invest in the people and understand that that's the best investment that you can make. And those investments, you don't necessarily just focus all of your attention on cutting costs and trying to put that last nickel in your sock to save to until COVID's over. You know, it just at the time didn't probably didn't make a whole lot of sense to a lot of people, but it made sense to us. And it's certainly been the right decision for sure. Yeah. So I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of the people that listen to this show, there's, you know, a wide range of people. And I think the common thing is about, Again, like we were talking about earlier, kind of just overall wellness culture and well-being and mental health for sure. But, you know, so what would your advice be to somebody who, and you don't have to give away the corporate secrets, right? The trade (laughs) secrets. But what would your advice be to somebody who's in the thick of it, operating maybe a single unit or their own restaurant, and they're trying to make sure that they protect the people? Stay connected. You know, first and foremost, there is, as you pointed out earlier, there's a lot of littering of the brain right now as far as Mm -hmm. things that we can focus on. And stepping back, maintaining that primary focus on the people and staying connected with them and share with them. Being vulnerable is majorly important. You know, I think a lot of times when people are put into a corner and not knowing what tomorrow is going to look like, It shows who you truly are. And some people are going to throw up barriers. They're going to block out people. They may falsify real information to try to make people feel like they're a little bit more secure, I guess. But, you know, I find that the more vulnerable, the more open, the more humble you can be in your communication with your team is it's hugely important when it comes to people connecting with you. And when somebody sees you being vulnerable and they can 
understand your plight in addition to their own, they're more likely to buy into whatever, you know, you're trying to accomplish together. And you step out of those situations where people are guarded and you step into a place where you can have collaboration and people are working for common goals in the right mindset goes a long way for mental health for sure as well. Yeah, I completely agree. The connection thing, you know, I can honestly tell you, I was in restaurant operations for 25 years and that's the reason I stayed in hospitality. And that's the biggest thing that keeps me connected to the industry now is keeps me connected is connection, but you know, staying involved with people, I think is the biggest thing. So I would second what you're saying about, you know, to those people that are in that position, they're running their own place, they're busy, they're getting pulled in a million directions. The best way to protect people in your care, I guess I would second what you're saying is just stay connected. So that's great. And just to add to that is empower your people. I think sometimes we don't see the true potential in those that are working around us. And until we offer them the opportunity to take on some things to help us alleviate some of those stressors, you know, that it's a major opportunity to drive even more collaboration from your team. You've got people that work for you that have untapped potential. I guarantee it. And if you can find the right people to empower and take some of those things off your plate, it also frees you up to make more sound decisions and to move forward beyond it. Love it. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, cultural pace and growth, which I love. I might actually try to find a way to <laughs> to steal that somehow because <laughs> that's fantastic. You know, just overall culture in the industry and staying connected with people So is there anything overarching, any words of advice from the guru of people and culture and training that you are? Is there any, you know, words of advice that you would sort of give to the industry currently? First of all, I wouldn't call myself a guru. I just (laughs) consider myself somebody who's learned a lot of lessons from a lot of experiences in restaurants. But, you know, it's a lot of it we've talked about. And it really is about... First and foremost, you know, when you're trying to protect a culture, you got to make sure that you're hiring the people that are reflective of that. You know, we can train people to a certain extent, but it is really near impossible to retrain somebody's mentality and attitude towards the way that they see life. You know, that's some people are jaded for sure. And maybe some of those people come from other restaurants that created that jaded mentality, but You want to seek out the heart of somebody to make sure that they're the right person to join you and your team. Because that's, I mean, like when we say at walk-ons, we're looking for the underdogs because we know those are the people that have overcome adversities. And we know those are the people that when push comes to shove, they're going to stand next to us in those lines of battle and they're going to rise up because that's the type of people that are those underdogs. And, you know, that's the kind of people we're looking for. But the other thing I would say is, We focus much attention in the restaurant industry on the what. We focus a lot of attention on behaviors, on results. We focus on, you know, the things that we see happening and our knee jerk reaction is to course correct immediately, right? Somebody's doing something wrong. I will take them from that wrong and make it right by telling them to do it right. If you don't slow down and take consideration to offer the reasoning, the purpose, the why behind your instruction, nobody's going to grasp onto what you're trying to teach them. And, you know, when we talk about culture, 
the way that we define it is the way a group of people think, feel, and act. So the act portion of that is just the outward expression of the first two portions. Mm -hmm. And that is how they think and how they feel. If you don't buy into somebody's mindset about something and really everything that we do as coaches, we're really just salesmen of ideas and not so much, you know, directors of traffic. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take that approach to things, like I'll tell restaurants all the time, I'm not so much concerned about the what I care very little about the what I care about the why behind the what, because once you dive into why somebody did something incorrectly and you can course correct at that level, then you're much more likely to see replicated behaviors moving forward. And that's how you develop a culture in which not only are people changed with their mentality towards things, but those are also people that are going to help you hold standards accountable collaboratively as a team. You Mm -hmm. want your servers, you want your cooks coaching and training people up when they're doing things wrong because they're bought into it. And when they can explain the why, then they're also just, it's exponentially influential at that moment because you're expanding the power of your culture into everyone and everyone carries the responsibility of holding it to those disciplines and standards. You know, I think we rest on rules. We rest on those types of things far too often. We think we have it in a book somewhere. We told somebody about it one time that they're automatically going to buy into it because I'm the boss and I must be smarter than you or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) But that's there's a lot of people out there in the restaurant industry that have that mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because so many quick decisions do need to be made on a daily basis and sometimes you have to coach before you turn back around and, and explain the why later, you know, and redirect in that moment. But if you don't take that time to really get somebody's buy-in and get them to purchase your sale, then it's never going to develop to anything. You know, I see managers all the time just banging their heads on the wall. Why won't they just do what I'm asking them to do, right? Just slamming their head against the wall in the office. It's like if you take two seconds – Explain your reasoning. Mm-hmm. Quit being so self-centered to think that just because you said it, it's going to happen. Then you're going to get people to buy it and you're going to get replicated behaviors and you're going to stop having people that are going back to their old wrong behaviors as soon as you walk away because you just demanded that they change. It doesn't work like that. That's not what leadership is. I think my favorite saying or quote about culture is that culture is what happens when nobody's looking. Yeah. Which is, you know, also integrity, right? True. That's absolutely, that's our first core value is living with integrity. And what we mean by that is not only when nobody else is looking, but also when other people are looking. Because when other people are looking is when you're training other people's perspectives. True. Well, I think there's definitely some nuggets in here for people. And the one, the big takeaway for me is just, and I agree with you completely, is just making sure we stay connected to people because I think... That's a big part of what the next generation of restaurateur or people working in our industry is part of what they need is connection, right? So I really, I really think that you guys are, and you're a big, obviously a big part of it, but I think what you guys are doing at that organization is fantastic. So again, I mean, I want to thank you for making some time to come and chat with me today because the more the merrier when we're trying to move the needle in terms of taking care of people in our industry. Yeah, man. Again, I'm, I'm so excited that you reached out. This is an honor to be able to talk to you on this podcast. It's awesome, man. I appreciate you. Thanks so much. 
and we'll make sure to, to get you back on the show again one day and keep a good look at what you guys are up to. So thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Look forward to it. Thank you.